Hey guys, welcome back to the Garden Heart Podcast. It's Melissa Saccaroli, and today I actually have a recording to share with you guys. Um, so recently I was able to do a breakout session, and the topic that was given to me was about being mentored and being a mentor, um, or being discipled while making disciples. And this is all based off of Paul and Timothy and their relationship. And um, as you guys listen, you'll hear that all the verses I pulled um, to support this topic we're all in first and second timothy and um yeah like you know i hope that you guys find this um episode really encouraging um the different questions that we will address in this episode um are i have three different questions and the first one is what should we look for in a mentor two why do we need a mentor and three how do we become a mentor um, so yeah, so I hope that, you know, if this, this topic was intriguing to you, that is the goal of this episode is that those three questions will be answered. Um, so yeah, as, as this, uh, episode continues, you'll hear that it's recording. It happened a few weeks ago. Um, but you guys know me, you know, whenever I speak somewhere, um, I pull that recording and I share it on the podcast because it's another episode and we can't let all the good work go to waste, right? (laughs) So yeah, so I hope you guys are encouraged by this episode. Um, Just a reminder, you are called to make disciples no matter what season that you're at and um, called to be discipled, called to to make disciple makers. Um, So I pray that this episode is really encouraging and gives you some wisdom and tips from scripture um, on how to continue to do that. So enjoy this episode. Thanks guys. So much for this night, Lord. God, I thank you, Lord, for your word that's truth, Lord, that it is it has the ability to speak into every life, every situation, every circumstance, and everything you call us to. Um, God, I thank you that you call every single person in here to make disciples. You call every single person to be discipled. Um, God, that's in your great commission. Uh, go out and make disciples of all nations. And I'm just so grateful, God, that we have the opportunity to talk about this, that we have the freedom to talk about this. And um, Lord, I just pray, Lord, that your word would speak and, Lord, that we would be encouraged and empowered, Lord, to be the disciples that you're calling us to be and, um, yeah, to do everything that you're calling us to do. So, God, we love you so much. and place in your name. Amen. Okay, so as you have seen, uh, is anybody still waiting on handouts? Okay, they're coming. I'm sorry. <laughs> They're coming. <laughs> all right, cool. So as we go through all this, um, you're going to see in the handouts that I pulled a lot of verses from 1 Timothy and 2 Timothy. Um, so this topic was supposed to be about Paul and Timothy and their relationship and how Paul and Timothy together, how Paul was um, discipling Timothy and um, what he did you know, on his behalf. So obviously, what are we going to look at? We're going to look at 1 and 2 Timothy because these were the letters from Paul to Timothy. So when you look at all these different um, just verses and these different chapters, you can pull out a lot of tidbits on what to look for in a mentor and how to be a mentor yourself and um, just all, all stuff like that. So the three things that we're going to address tonight is what should we look for in a mentor, why do we need a mentor, and how do we become a mentor. So that's the goal. Um, hopefully by the end of tonight, you guys will have answers to those questions. Okay, so first, first point. Uh, what should we look for in a mentor? So like I said, we're going to look at First and Second Timothy, and we are just going to pull out nine different points um, that really show what we should be looking for in a mentor. Um, you know, obviously there's a bunch of um, community group leaders in here, so you guys have coaches. 
Um, and, uh, you know, even in different seasons of life, as you move on from this season and as you're looking for different mentors and stuff like that, what are, you know, um, characteristics should we be looking for? But then also, what are characteristics that we should embody, too, as mentors? So number one, you want someone who knows where they came from and knows God's grace for themselves. So First Timothy 1, 12 and 14 says, I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who has given me strength that he considered me trustworthy, appointing me to his service. Even though I was once a blasphemer and a persecutor and a violent man, I was shown mercy because I acted in ignorance and unbelief. The grace of our Lord was poured out on me abundantly along the faith and the love that are in Christ Jesus. So just a reminder, this is Paul writing to Timothy. This is Paul writing to somebody that he is discipling, that he is mentoring. So as you can see right here in these verses, we can see Paul, he is very aware of the grace that God has shown him, him himself. He's very aware of the grace and the love that he's experiencing Christ Jesus. So when you are looking for a mentor or when you are being a mentor, ask yourself, do I know God's grace for myself? Or the person who's mentoring me, do they know God's grace for themselves? And I put a little note underneath these verses that humility is key. You know, if you are being mentored by somebody, and I mean, I think we can all kind of like tell like if somebody is like humble versus prideful, if they are somebody who's super prideful and where they're at in their life, it's going to be all about them. They're not going to have the space and the capacity to be able to pour into you and serve you uh, as a mentor should. Because a mentor is not supposed to boss you around, is not supposed to think that they have it all together. A mentor is somebody who is serving you. Just as we are as Christians and Christ followers, we are called into servanthood. And the same thing is true for somebody who is mentoring you. And then, of course, as you are mentoring others, you are called into service as well. This is something that we don't step into because we have it all together. And, oh, look at what God has done for me in a prideful way. But instead, when we recognize God's grace for ourselves, we step into this pointing to what God has done, but in humility and recognizing that we don't deserve the grace of God. We don't deserve what Christ has done for us, but he's calling us to use us in this world. And that's something that is just so beautiful. So that, again, someone who knows where they came from and knows God's grace for themselves. Number two, when you're looking for a mentor, you want somebody who encourages you. 1 Timothy 4.12 says, Don't let anyone look down on you because you are young, but set an example for the believers in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. You want somebody who is encouraging to you. This should be pretty simple. I really don't feel like I have to talk about this too much. (laughs) But you want somebody who's encouraging you, who's recognizing, you know, and you know where you're just at in life. Maybe you're going through a hard time, but you want somebody who embodies encouragement, who is able to do that for you. Number three, you want somebody who genuinely loves you. First Timothy one two says to Timothy, my true son in the faith. Now this is what I love about scripture is that you could take just like the first half of verse two right here. But when you pick it apart and you really look to see what's being said, you can get a whole message out of just a couple of verses. And right here, Paul is saying to Timothy, my true son in the faith. Paul loved Timothy like he was his own son. Paul loved Timothy like he was family. So that by the people that are mentoring you, and maybe you don't have a mentor now, but once again, if you're looking for one, you want somebody who's going to love you like family. Somebody who's genuinely, genuinely there for you. Somebody who's not just pushing you off to the side 
is like, oh no, like, I'll, I'll get to you eventually. But somebody who pulls you in and embraces you, no matter what season of life that you're in, but it's somebody who recognizes you as a family member, somebody who loves you, somebody who cares for you, somebody who's supporting you. Number four, someone who warns you. As mentors or mentees, we want this. We want somebody who warns you. 2 Timothy 3, 1 to 5 says, But mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. People will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, boastful, proud, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, without love, unforgiving, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, <laughs> not lovers of good, treacherous, rash, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying its power, have nothing to do with such people. Now, this might coincide with a couple other points that I have, but Paul here is warning Timothy, watch out of these people who want to pull you astray. Watch out from the people who don't walk with God. Obviously, as Christians, we need to have friends who are unbelievers. We need to be pouring into the world, pouring into people who don't know Jesus. That is our call to be salt and light in the earth. But yet, Paul is also warning Timothy, have nothing to do with such people. Like, watch out. Guard your heart. Guard your life. Be careful who you walk with because those people can affect you and affect you being salt and light in the earth. Paul is warning this person, Timothy, this person, wow, (laughs) Timothy, sorry guys, (laughs) five, Someone who reminds you of what is truly important. 1 Timothy 4.8 says, for, phys- for physical training is of some value, but godliness has value for all things, holding promise for both the present life and the life to come. You want somebody in your life who's going to remind you of what is truly important. You want to embody that for the people that God leads you to mentor as well. When you look at somebody, you know, if you have a mentor in your life right now or a coach or an e-group leader, um, whatever it may be, is that person reminding you of what is truly living for? Or, and this, this is a question that we all have to ask ourselves, or are we consumed with the things of this world? Are we consumed with what the world has to offer us or what people think about us or where we spend our money or the latest trends in clothing and fashion? I'm a girl, I love clothes, so that's on my mind. But... Who is in your life, the person that God has put in your life to speak to you and speak into you, are they reminding you to set your eyes on the things that truly matter in this world, which is serving God with everything that you have, which is serving others, serving people, being the person that God is calling you to be. So once again, that person reminds you of what is truly important. Number six, you want someone who calls you higher and challenges you. 1 Timothy 6, 11 and 12 says, But you, man of God, flee from all this and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, and endurance, and gentleness. Fight the good fight of faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called when you were made for your good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Once again, ask of yourself, if you're mentoring people, ask of mentors in your life, are they calling you higher? Are they challenging you? in your walk, in your faith, to not just be a better person, but to be somebody who pursues holiness, who pursues righteousness, who pursues all the things that God has for you. Are you doing that for the people in your life as well? Because here's the thing, if, if all the voices in your life are yes men or yes women, and they're just like going along and you know you're making wrong choices, but the people who are in your life that are supposed to be calling that out, if they're remaining silent, What are you doing? What is that person doing? Like, think of the people that God has placed in your life. Are they calling you out in the areas of sin, 
in the areas of pride. Or ask yourself, has anybody ever called me out in my life? Because so often we want friends and we want mentors and we want people in our life who just approve of the things that we're doing, whether we're right or wrong or whether it's good or bad. But here's the thing, that person truly isn't looking out for you. If you have somebody in your life who's supposed to be a mentor, or if you are mentoring people in your life, and there is no sin being called out, in love, in gentleness, in kindness, with truth, but that they're not calling you out, I have to question if that person, or if you truly care about the people that God has placed in your life. I don't apologize for being blunt. (laughs) But that's the thing. If we recognize that sin destroys lives, that the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy, but God is, Jesus has come to give us life and life to the full. We know that God has called the church to be set apart from sin. It doesn't mean that we're perfect. It doesn't mean that we don't struggle, that we don't have battles. But we recognize that God is calling us away from sin. We need people in our life who are willing to speak up and talk to us. Be like, hey, I see you going down this wrong path. What's going on? Hey, I see that you're posting this on social media. What's going on? Hey, you guys get the point. We need people in our lives who call us higher and challenge us. And here's the thing. If you recognize that you don't have that voice in your life, get it. Get somebody who you can trust, who you don't mind opening up your heart to, and tell them, I need you to hold me accountable. And also, this also coincides with, are you being open and transparent enough to be held accountable? These are hard questions. These are things that we all have to ask ourselves as Christ followers. But at the end of the day, having these relationships in your life is completely worth it. Because we are all faced with temptations. We're all faced with the pull of the world and the pull of the things of God. We are in that battle, every single one of us. And nobody is too, how do I say this? Nobody is too saved to fall away, (laughs) if that makes sense, if you guys are tracking with me. We have to guard our hearts daily, and God has placed individuals in our lives that can give us good, godly counsel, who can look out for us as we are going through the different seasons of life. So, once again, number six, you want somebody who calls you higher and challenges you, but you need to be that person in somebody's life as well. Number seven, you want somebody who is looking out for you. This kind of coincides with uh, somebody who warns you. Um, But look at the the language that's used in these next three verses. So 1 Timothy 4.16, Paul says, Watch your life and doctrine closely. The next verse, 1 Timothy 6.20-21, Timothy, guard what has been entrusted to your care. And then the last one, Flee the evil desires of youth and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace, along with those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. Oh my gosh, did you guys see that? I just drank my water with the cap on. That's my life. And it's being recorded, so that's fun. Um, okay, so watch your life. Guard what has been uh, entrusted to your care. Flee the evil desires of your, of your youth. Paul is looking out for Timothy. Once again, this coincides with being warned. Paul is like, Paul has experienced these things. Paul is older than Timothy. Paul is a mentor and like a dad to Timothy in a, in a sense. And he's saying, watch your life. Guard what's been entrusted to you. Flee from the evil desires of your youth. <clears throat> a mentor is supposed to be doing the same thing. And ideally, a mentor doesn't have to be somebody who's so much older than you. But in a sense, it's nice to have somebody who 
you know, even maybe they're the same age as you, but maybe they've gone through different seasons or maybe they've just been in the faith a little bit longer. It all depends on who God has given you. But it's really helpful to have somebody in your life who has walked with the Lord just a little bit longer than you so that they've experienced a little bit more and that they're able to pour out wisdom and to tell you, hey, watch out for this or guard your heart or, you know, especially with specific situations that you're facing. It's super helpful. So number eight, someone who sees your gifts and calls them out of you. 1 Timothy 4.14, do not neglect your gift which has given you through prophecy when the body of elders laid their hands on you. You want somebody in your life and you want to be this person for somebody else who is recognizing the giftings that God has placed on you. Because here's the thing, every single one of us, every single one of us has a gift that God has given us to use to bless the world and to serve the church. I don't know what that gift is, but it can be serving, hospitality, teaching, preaching, whatever, and whatever. You know, you know I already said hospitality. I need, <laughs> you guys should have went to Christina. She's doing spiritual gifts. I should go to Christina. She's doing spiritual gifts. But you have a spiritual gift that God has given you. And if you don't know what that is, you know, ask your mentor, ask your coach, ask your eager leader, hey, like, I'm in the process of trying to figure this out. Can you pray along with me? Can we do this together? You want somebody who's going to see those giftings, see the calling that God has placed in your life, and be able to call it out of you. Because here's the thing. When God gifts you in an area or when he calls you to something specific, and once again, when we talk about calling, it doesn't have to be some big fancy thing. It's wherever God is asking you to serve right now in this season. So whatever your job is or whatever he's preparing you for, maybe you're in school, maybe you're getting your degree, whatever that thing he's preparing you for, that's going to be their calling that God's placed in your life. And of course, it changes within seasons. Like, God is just sovereign over all of our lives, which, praise the Lord. But you want somebody who's going to be able to recognize those things and also encourage you. This goes in along with encouragement. Encourage you to step into those things. Because here's the thing. Like, me being able to do this is, is, I know, is a gift of God on my life because I was a very shy individual before Jesus. Like, <laughs> the fact I can get up here and teach the word is a legit miracle. Ask my husband. I said that last time. Like, Melissa, 18-year Melissa, was a whack job. Um, and I'm not, <laughs> I'm not even joking. I was crazy in some ways. So the fact that I'm able to do this right now is completely by the grace of God. But I did not get up here on my own. I see by God's spirit in me, but also because of the mentors that God placed in my life. Where when I was developing this gift or recognizing this gift, and I instead I wanted to hide, you know, and maybe keep it to myself. I, God, by God's grace and sovereignty, he put people in my life who recognized it and called it out and encouraged me. We all need this encouragement, obviously in life in general, but also in the areas that God is calling you to. And we need to be that voice for other people as well. And then number nine, you want someone who is honest, transparent, and doesn't sugarcoat life. I love these verses. So 2 Timothy 3, 10 and 13. You, however, know all about my teaching, my way of life, my purpose, faith, patience, love, endurance, persecutions, and sufferings. What kinds of things happened to me in Antioch and I think I, I'm going to skip that. Lystra, the persecutions I endure. Yet the Lord rescued me from all of them. In fact, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. While evildoers and imposters will go from bad to worse, deceiving and being deceived. 
I love these verses because Paul didn't sugarcoat the life that Timothy was called to, the life that all Christians are called to. Paul didn't pretend like, you know, oh yeah, like, it's going to be perfect, it's going to be easy, you'll be fine. Like, Paul didn't do that. Paul talked about his persecutions, his sufferings, the things that happened to him and the persecutions that he endured. And then he gave praise to, to God through it all, yet the Lord rescued me from all of them. But he warned him, anyone, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. He's not saying, Timothy, this might happen to you, just get, just a heads up, or, you know, it happened to me, but I think you're pretty good. Like, like Paul was blunt. Paul was honest. Paul was transparent, and Paul didn't sugarcoat life. It doesn't mean that you want somebody in your life, and you don't want to be this person who's just a Debbie Downer all the time, you know, but you do want to be realistic, and you want people in your life who have walked through some stuff, you know, like people who have experienced some hardships, who recognize what it's like to grieve, to suffer, to be persecuted, whatever things that that person has walked through. Like, we need people in our life who have walked through the thick of what it means to be a Christ follower in the good and the bad, but yet they're still walking with him. Like, ugh. Like, we need those voices in our life. People who have walked through some storms and they didn't fall away. Because every single one of us will walk through storms multiple times. Once again, I don't know what the storms are going to look like, but life is hard. We can all agree with that. We will walk through storms. Our faith will be tested. And we need voices in our life who have walked through it, but yet have continued to walk with Jesus in the middle and coming out of it and then back in the middle again. Because our faith will be tested in this life, and we need to be surrounded with people who have seen God's grace in the middle of the storm. So final page. Um, how do we become a mentor? There's no one, two, three easy step. You know, this is all a process. Um, but some points I listed out. Uh, when these qualities are modeled for us, it spurs us on to do the same thing for, for others. When you experience the love and the kindness of a mentor, somebody who is looking out for you, somebody who calls you out, and it might hurt a little bit, but you recognize what they were doing. When you have that voice in your life, it spurs you on to want to give it on to somebody else. And this is just a beautiful process that God has, you know, in different seasons of life. Sometimes we have voices come into our life, and at the same time, simultaneously, we're pouring into other people's lives. But when they're modeled for us in a good, healthy fashion, we recognize the value of it. We recognize the beauty of what it means to be a mentor, what it means to be discipled for the kingdom of God. We become disciples who make disciple makers. This process, this process should multiply in our lives. And um, this is kind of like a side note, but I might as well just say it. Every single one of us, as we are called to make disciples, you're not just called to make disciples, you're called to make disciple makers who then replicate that. That's the multiplication process of God's just divine, beautiful plan for discipleship. So as we are being mentored, we can mentor others. We can, those people that we're mentoring, we can tell them. And God's timing and the season that you're called to, you're going to be a mentor as well. And it just continues on and on and on. Wait for God to lead you to somebody who you are supposed to pour into. Once again, if you're a coach, this whole thing applies to you. If you're an e-group leader, this applies to you. Maybe you're somebody who you are in an uh, wow, e-group. I'm sorry. That's like a <laughs> habit that dies hard. Community group. They used to be called e-groups, guys. 
Wow. C group. So if you're in a community group right now and you're like, oh, I'm not like mentoring anybody right now. Like, that's okay. You know, that, that's okay. Like, if you're listening to me and you're like, oh my gosh, like, I gotta go find somebody to mentor. But maybe you're not in a season where you can do that right now. That's okay. You know, once again, 18-year-old Melissa, <laughs> thank God she didn't pour into anybody else. <laughs> like, oh my gosh, I had so many issues, guys. But I look back and I'm like, I was newly saved. You know, I had a lot of messed up doctrine in my life. Praise the Lord, he opens our eyes to truth. Um, but, you know, I wasn't in a position to mentor somebody. But that's okay, you know. Um, there's seasons in our lives that some, and this is, goes into my next point. Sometimes there are seasons where you're not ready to pour in, into someone, depending on what you walk through. Trust God's process in this. Walk with God, follow his leading, and yield to him in every season. If you're in a place right now where you're just like, oh my gosh, like I'm walking through hell, I can't even process mentoring somebody, that's okay. That's okay. There are seasons where we sometimes don't have anything to give because of what we are walking through or how we are being tested in our faith. Um, if you are in that season, find somebody, once again, find a mentor, find somebody who can love you through that season. Um, but this is something where like, the concept of seasons really need to come into play. Because obviously God only knows how long we have on this earth, but walking with him spans our whole life. And we go through different seasons. We go through good and, and victories and, and, the, and seeing the beauty and the blessings of God. And then sometimes you walk through the valley and you walk through the shadow of death and, and you're faced with some really hard difficulties. Um, in every season, you know, this, this coincides with my message I shared a couple, couple months ago. Follow the leading of the Spirit of God in your life. Because sometimes we can get so worked up and we can be like, oh, like, who, I just need to find somebody and mentor somebody. Like, like no, like, trust God. Trust the process that he's, that he's in. And here's the thing. If somebody asks you to be a mentor, pray about it before you say yes. Like, and that sounds something that's like, oh, dumb, Melissa. But no, like, so many times we just want to say yes because it's an opportunity or it's something that we can do or, or God's going to use it. But, like, pray about everything. God has the answer for you. You know, you might not get your answer right away, but, like, he will give you the green or red light on whatever issue that you're facing. Obviously, read the word, God the counsel. There's so much that coincides with that. But my point is, is that, once again, sometimes there's seasons where you're not ready to mentor somebody. That's okay. Do not feel guilty or condemned for not stepping into that. Or maybe you're sitting here and you're like, oh, I need to mentor somebody. I just don't want to. Well, then... Talk to God about the selfishness right there. <laughs> okay. Uh, why do we need to be mentored? So we all need someone who is a little ahead of us, who can help us make the most of our current season that, that we're in for the kingdom of God. Um, so this is kind of like a summary. A mentor can and should help you see your blind spots. Um, I kind of pulled this from Jay's talk last week. Um, but it's true. Help us, a, he, a mentor can help us see our blind spots because sometimes there are things that we just don't see. And a mentor can have an outside perspective on your situation and they can speak into whatever you're going through. Help you discern your current struggles and circumstances. Obviously, this is super helpful when somebody has been walking with God a little bit longer than you have. They have developed wisdom and discernment just a little bit longer than you have. But that wisdom is something that we all need to listen to. And even if it doesn't feel good, once again, even if they call you out, even if it doesn't feel good, listen to that discernment that they have. 
A mentor, once again, calls out the sin in your life. This is something. Now, of course, like you don't want somebody who's like the sin Nazi, like always just pointing out like all the sin in your life. But like somebody who, you know, is not afraid to challenge you. Goes back into the earlier point. Um, calls out what needs healing in your life. Um, so I have a personal example of this. And, of course, I went over 25 minutes. I'm so sorry. Um, so I have a mentor in my life. She's a sweet lady. She's in her 70s. God bless her heart. She's literally the best. But she is not afraid to be blunt with me. And it hurts. And it's painful. And about a year and a half ago, I had, I had a lot of things that I was working through. Um, I had a lot of church hurt I was dealing with. And I was in a season where that stuff was coming to the surface. And um, my sweet old mentor, she was watching. And she recognized. She was recognizing because we were doing ministry stuff together. And, and she saw me. She saw me, my reaction towards some situations and towards some people. And she came up to me one day. And she was just blunt. And I, I don't even know what she said exactly. But she didn't say it in the nicest of ways. <laughs> and it rubbed me the wrong way. And I got super mad. I got super offended. I was like, I can't believe she said this. Oh, my gosh. But you know what? Even though it was said, maybe not the nicest of ways, her, whatever she said to me was full of truth. And I recognized that. And I knew she was right. And I guess this kind of goes in with healing and sin and all these different things. But a mentor is somebody who can recognize maybe the unforgiveness, maybe the bitterness. And once again... If you are being mentored, you're also called to be a disciple maker. You're called to be a mentor as well. We need to recognize and ask God for discernment on even the words that people say of the people that are in our life. Because the words expose the heart. Um, What's the verse? Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So pay attention to the words that people are saying. If there's bitterness, if there's unforgiveness, if there's hurt, if there's anger... Pay attention to those things and ask questions. Don't be afraid to ask questions about what people are saying. And lastly, encourage you to run your race and be all who God is calling you to be. This obviously goes in um, with gifts and recognizing gifts and calling those gifts out of you. We want people in our life and we want to be the people in, you know, in other people's lives who are encouraging, who are pointing to Jesus, who are pointing people to running the race that God calls us to and being the person that God has called us to be. Okay, so things to remember. I apologize if I am reiterating anything, but that's okay. Okay, so once again, as seasons change, mentors change. And who you mentors changes too. This is a part of life. So the people that God has placed in your life right now, it might not last forever. It probably won't last forever. This is a season of life. But God knows exactly who you need. God knows exactly who you need to be in somebody's life as a mentor. And he's very intentional with what he does. So this changes, especially as um, community group leaders and people like that. We all know this. People will come and go in and through, in and out of your groups. Um, excuse me, I have to burp. Now that you need to know that, um, people will come in and out of your groups. Like, like that's okay. Like this happens. Seasons change, and I want to encourage all of you as people who are mentors or disciple makers. Like. Don't treat your people like this, like with a death grip. You know what I mean? Like, hold the people that God is giving to you in this season with open hands, recognizing that they are walking through different things as well. And God might only call you to pour into them for a year, maybe two years. But, because I've been there, like, as community group leaders or people who might want to step in to be a community group leader or a coach, uh, sometimes we can get offended when people want to leave our group or step on. 
just don't get offended. Like, if they left because of you, that's a whole other topic. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, once again, don't be a jerk. Like, let's go. Um, so if they're leaving because, like, you're the problem, like, that's a conversation that you're going to have to have with Jay. Um, or me, whatever. Um, but sometimes we can take it really personal when people come in and out of our lives. Like, like, don't take it personal. Like, if you're serving God as best as you can to the best of the ability that he has given you, don't take it personal when people come and go because seasons change and life changes, and we all have to have understanding with that. Um, so God knows what you need when you need them, or when you need them, us, or God knows who you need when you need them. I'm sorry. Sometimes we go through seasons where we don't have an active mentor in your life. Trust God in this process and trust his timing. I understand the frustration of this. I have so many women in my life, um, you know, who are looking for mentors and they can't find them. And I think that's a huge de uh, detriment in the church. Um, that's just my opinion. Because um, not everybody has a ministry like this that they're a part of. Um, so sometimes we go through seasons where we want a mentor or we want to be discipled and we just can't find it. Um, do the best you can do with the people that God's placed in your life. Find fellowship, find brotherhood, find sisterhood. Um, find, sometimes I've been through seasons where I've been mentored by podcasts, in a sense. That's not like a good replacement. We want people in our life. But God will use other tools and resources as mentorship, depending on what season you're walking through. But once again, trust God in that process. And don't be afraid to ask people. That's the other thing. Sometimes we're afraid. It's like making friends in school. Like, oh, like I, don't want to, I don't want to ask them to be my friend or sit with me in the lunchroom because I don't want to get rejected. Like, but then if you don't try, then you're never going to make a friend. Same thing with mentorship. If you don't ask somebody to mentor you, then you might miss out on a really beautiful relationship that God has for you. And if they say no, that's okay. You know, you don't know until you try. Um, and then depending on what God knows you need in your current season, a mentor might be used stronger in one area than others. And um, one example for me, like when I was serving as a community group leader here at Vintage, the coach that God gave me was a godsend. She was somebody who was so beyond encouraging and kind and not saying that my mentor right now isn't kind, that's horrible, but she was so encouraging to me because I was going through a really hard season. So she was, you know... She was all these things as well, but like she was abundantly encouraging because God knew that's what I needed in that season. Compared to my mentor now, God knows I need somebody who's not afraid to kick me in the pants every once in a while. So not saying I don't need encouragement because they all they coincide. Um, but sometimes, once again, if you're going through a really hard season right now, God might want to place somebody in your life who's just going to be there for you, encourage you, and pray for you more than maybe call you out. Does that make sense? Because sometimes there are seasons where we need to be called out, but we're not ready to be called out. That's a whole other topic, and I'm way over my time. Um, okay, so I'm going to close with this verse. Uh, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. 1 Corinthians 11.1. 1. This is written by Paul. Um, ask yourself, are you living in such a way where you can confidently say this as somebody who is called to discipleship? It doesn't mean that you're perfect in following Jesus, but you know your life is dedicated to know him, love him, and following him. So that is the question for the people that God has placed in our lives to mentor and the people that we are called to mentor or disciple, or disciple as well. Um, are we able to save this of people? Follow me. Imitate me as I imitate Christ. And if you're not, that's a conversation you have to have between you and God and the leadership that God has placed in your life. Um, but other than that, that's all I got. So is there any questions? Beautiful. I mean, yeah. Okay. I'm sorry, I want to say three minutes. I apologize.
<laughs> All right, well, if there's no questions, I'll be here if you guys want to talk about anything. Um, but yeah, thanks for stopping by. Yay!